0: Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced and worthwhile. How to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams and today we're talking to the renowned successful dating coach, Evan Mark Katz. Evan's a personal trainer for strong, smart, successful women. He helps women overcome their own barriers and find lasting love. Evan's been helping singles since 2003. He's written four books and he's been featured on hundreds of media outlets, including today, the New York times and CNN. Since 2015, his blog has over 30 million readers. His podcast has over 1 million downloads and 12,000 women have graduated from his love you course listen now as Evan shares inspiration and information teach us how and why it is possible for you to get the love you desire right now never ever boring and always full of so much great information for us welcome to 52 weeks of hope Evan Mark Katz
1: thank you Lauren uh, that's a very kind and generous introduction and you left out the whole part about our relationship
0: oh I know I will get to that I tell anyone who who says that they're going to start dating? Uh, oh, you have to call Evan Mark Katz, and not one person has ever once given me a hard time or said, "Why'd you send me to him?" <laughs>
1: but- okay, well, I, I'm I'm glad to have that track record, and you know, I don't know if I've been, if they've any of them ever hired me or if they just read the free stuff, but you know, if I'm helping, that's great.
0: Yeah, you are always no know- Everyone loves your free stuff and your blogs, they have hired you. But I have so many questions that different friends have given me and I wasn't sure where to start, but I thought I would start with, you did hit a personal low point in your own dating life in 2006, even though you'd been a dating coach at that time for a number of years. Could you just talk about what happened and what you did about that? I know it was a while
1: ago. Yeah, I mean, I think that when you have a job that involves listening to other people talk about their problems. It could only help, but to shine the light on whatever your own hypocrisy is. And so anybody can give advice It's not a, a special skill set, but when you give advice repeatedly and you discover that you're not listening to the same thing you're telling other people to do, it's going to give you some measure of pause. And so I had a lot of success whatever that means in online dating, it wasn't hard to generate a love life from scratch and keep busy and find people that I was attracted to. But I was 34 and gone on hundreds of dates and like everybody else, having some, you know, up and down experiences. Uh, I remember writing an article for match.com's Happen Magazine called Last Single Guy Standing. Uh, where I where I was reflecting on what it was like to watch everybody else find something, and I would, you know, I'm here, I am giving what I would think is solid advice, but I can't seem to put it together myself. Went on three terrible dates in November of 2006, just all time laughable, great stories, which I won't bore you with here, but like over the top, funny, terrible stories, and it's not like anything miraculously changed for me at that point. It was just a reminder that most people aren't your spouse and you have no choice but to persevere. And my decision-making had gotten better from 25 to 30 to 34. And I got fortunate enough that when uh, at the beginning of that year, I met a woman who we had a nice Five hour conversation at a party and we just never stopped talking and here we are, you know, 14 years later, but it wasn't a, oh my God, you just know moment. It was a lot of soul searching when we were engaged, when we were dating and deciding whether to get engaged. It didn't have that feeling, that magic that you think you're supposed to have but it was amazing and I don't know why I was even second guessing it. So most of my agony came strangely when I was deciding to propose and make, make a a decision that would last for the rest of my life. And it turned out I made a very good decision to the point where I can now ably help other people make those same decisions.
0: I will absolutely vouch for what you taught me. So what's the most common question people ask you? You've been doing this for so long.
1: Um that that is entirely dependent upon where they're at, right? So, you know, someone is is reeling from a breakup and she is, you know, she's wondering, you know, what's wrong with her, why my why men keep leaving her. She's gonna have a different question than someone who is dating on Tinder and wondering why all guys seem to be obsessed with meeting really quickly and getting laid. You know, so you know, people Even the the most common questions doesn't even mean they're the best questions. What's the best best dating site? It's a useless question, but it's one of the most common questions. There is no best dating site. So just because people have common interests doesn't mean they're always asking the right questions that are gonna lead to a breakthrough. And so my job is not to tell people what they wanna hear, but to tell them what they need to hear because it's not which dating site you're on, it's what you do when you get there. Right. It's not what's wrong with men in Los Angeles. It's how am I selecting the men with whom I choose to date? Right, Like there's different questions.
0: Right. I guess in my case, it was I had been a single mom, never dated, raised my kids. And I was like, I, I figured, oh, I, I'm fine. I could do this. And then I met you and I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> It's
1: okay
0: from scratch what a dating advice though would you give when you're feeling hopeless like a lot of people right now with everything going on or for an older woman who's diving back into the dating scene or somebody that hasn't met their soulmate for years what would yeah, you I mean do? I'm not
1: I didn't come here to plug anything but because it's such a such a common thing that people are feeling what's the point why do i keep going there's nothing ever good happens for me love only leads to pain i created an entire program around that called believe in love Evanmarcatz.com, you know um go to the products page and it says believe in love and then it's a 250 page book a six hour audio and a 65 page workbook that answers all of those questions in the greatest of detail in a way that I can't in in a podcast. So it's not like, you know, what's the one thing you say to someone who's losing hope? Because it's such a big deal that I had to create an entire program around it. The entire first month of Love You is on confidence and belief before we worry about meeting men and dating and communicating and compatibility. The entire first month of the course is on your question.
0: Do you have something that you say to women who think there's no good guys out there? Someone listening.
1: The issue, Lauren, is that stereotypes are partially true but not totally true. Always, any stereotype. I know one cooked up, a, you know, stereotypes in a lab that have no basis in truth. But the problem is not is when we think that if they're 100% true, every divorced guy is this way every jewish guy is this way every guy in los angeles is this way right every short guy is that. and so so we can go on and on and on but at the end of the day there's so much evidence to refute the there's nobody narrative there's 50 million married men in america so men don't want commitment really like so so Whatever you throw at me, not you, but anybody throws at me and says, you know, all men, I was like, all right, so let's say 90% of men suck. There, does that feel better? 90% of men suck. So what about the 10%? What are you doing with them? So people need to hear validation that they're not just crazy. You're not crazy. But to paint everybody with the same broad brush is false. There are millions and millions of happy relationships. And if you're not in one and you want one, you have to do something differently. Instead of complaining, this doesn't work. There's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with my city. There's something wrong with dating sites. There's something wrong with men. That doesn't solve anything. It's just complaining.
0: No, it's. I, I agree. It's all mindset. I. There's so many good guys out there and there's plenty of guys to date and there's, It just doesn't hold
1: up to logical scrutiny. Like I could understand if you're a woman and you've dated men and men hurt you, your belief is that there's something wrong with men. If you're a man and you've gone out with a whole bunch of women and they've hurt you, your belief is there's something wrong with women. Would you, if you listen to some guy bitch about women, tell you how much, how terrible women were, would you think that that was true?
0: It's like look in a mirror, yeah.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, I've heard you say that you can coach anyone, even your mom.
1: That's funny, I, I'm not sure if that came out of my mouth exactly like that. My mom uh, did not like getting coaching from me. She asked me a couple times, but but she got, got married a second time uh, to a man that I did not uh, think was a good fit for her. She figured that out two years later. Uh, she is now remarried the third time, but she's extremely happy, but she did that without any counsel from me. So the point is not that I'm some sort of oracle. That there's a lot of ways to get happy, and if you feel like you could do it yourself, then great. If you feel you need support and guidance, I'm proud to be to have been helping smart, strong, successful women understand men and find love since 2003. But my my mom's not my best success story. I could assure you that.
0: I have a note. Did I misquote you on that? Were there moments in your life when you felt like giving up? And if so, how did you get through them?
1: No, I mean, I, I, I'm, that's probably not the answer you wanted to hear. No. I had this conversation with someone yesterday. I don't know if, what, if I'm made of something different than anybody else, giving up is just not an option. I just like, I, I, like it's just, it's not on the table. You, you uh, get fired from a job. Eh, I'm just never gonna work again. I'm 26, I'm just never gonna work again. It's, work, work sucks work just causes pain. Uh, Okay. Good luck with that plan. So we could, we could say, well, work is a necessity. You need to pay your bills. Yeah. But love may not be a necessity like food and shelter and water, but it's pretty darn important when you consider what makes people happy, what makes people feel whole and connected at the end of the day. I don't know anybody in the world who's happier when they're alone than when they're actually in love. So to me, if I always wanted, if I come from a close family and I wanted to be a husband and a father, I wanted to be like my dad. I couldn't reach that goal by quitting. So it was just, no, I never thought of quitting. I, I sometimes went a little nuts, like what, I have no idea why this is so hard. What's wrong, you know, what's? do I have to move to New York to find women like me? Am I too picky? And again, I I. I ended up figuring it out after a lot of trial and error and failure. And for people who can't for the life of them, figure it out. That's why I created Love You was I'm going to answer. I, I know exactly what you're going through. I'm going to answer all of your questions. And I'm going to turn this into something that's akin to a formula or a recipe. If you follow follow the formula, it works. Kind of no matter where you live, what you do, how old you are. So yeah, I I, I, I there were moments I felt despair, but Quitting was never on the table, Lauren.
0: I actually think love is as important as food, air, water, whatever your list was.
1: <laughs> I'm in the love business and and, it's, and I could say it's not. There are plenty of people who could live you know, perfectly good lives without a partner. You can't live without food, water, and shelter. That said, uh, once your basic Maslowian needs are met, you know, you could stay hidden and say, you know, love causes me too much anxiety. Love causes me too much pains, too much vulnerability and fear. So I'm just going to stay single until I'm 80. That's a choice. I just don't know if it's the optimal choice for people who, in their regular life, aspire to much more.
0: Right. I meant love in general. It doesn't have to be with.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I I didn't mean to.
0: You could love um, your pet. You could love any your friends. Okay.
1: You you waiting. can love your pet. That's it.
0: What about roadblocks in your life? And, and you've certainly had to pivot many times, um, maybe even during COVID have had to pivot. I know many of us have. I've, I now work from home. I believe you've always worked from home. I'm not positive about that. But how do you overcome those?
1: If I had an opportunity to give another TED Talk, I would do something on failure. I'm a professional failure. <laughs> I'm super proud of that. I'm teaching my kids to be failures. Because failure is means that you're trying something. Right? It's the growth mindset versus fixed mindset. So someone who has fixed mindset says I tried to do x, I tried out for the school play, I tried out for the basketball team, and I got cut. And so therefore, I'm a failure. I'm never gonna try it again. I was telling my daughter the story last night. I got cut from my basketball team when I was in ninth grade and I became the manager of the team and then I worked on my game all year and I made JV in 10th grade. One of, my, one of my greatest achievements was sitting on the bench in JV basketball because I tried. And so I just don't, I just don't believe that failure is an option. Um, It's the Thomas Edison quote, I haven't failed, I just found 10,000 ways that don't work. And the more you recognize that, uh, the more it animates everything that you do. So we have to be forced to pivot. I came to Hollywood to be a screenwriter when I was 24. Wrote 15 uh, TV shows, a dozen screenplays, agents, managers, winning contests. um, You know, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Project Greenlight, you know, I did everything you could possibly do except making a living, had a pivot, wasn't, you know, the dream wasn't making me happy, had to give up the dream, figure something else out, figure this thing out and no business background, no idea what I'm doing. I'm a screenwriter without a resume, I'm useless. And I had to make up this thing and started writing people's online dating profiles for $99 a pop in 2003. And people would say, this is great, what do I do now? mean what do I do now you can go online and flirt I don't know how to flirt. okay well let's log in and teach it how to flirt. So I've just been making this thing up forever and discovered the more the more I talked to people the more I learned the more I could ably qualify myself as as expert in a, in a few things. Yeah coronavirus has been a you know has knocked a whole bunch of people out. I'm very, very fortunate that I already worked from home for 20, 25 years, and people who normally spend their money on "I'm going to go on a yoga retreat in Costa Rica" are now sitting at home in their apartment, saying, "Wait, this is my life. This, this is it." And selfishly, I'm doing fine. People are looking at their lives and uh, and saying, "Huh, I've kept really, really busy to avoid looking in the mirror at how lonely I am." And so coronavirus has been good for business, terrible for the world. I recognize that for what it is and how awful it is to say that. I think the big pivot is just changing the way I I, I work with women. And there was a time that I wanted to try to reach millions of women. That was the goal, just reach millions of women. And I do with blog posts and stuff like that. But I was thinking, I want to get millions of women into Love You. The problem is I don't have the, I'm not a I'm not a digital marketing person. I'm not like, you know, Jeff Bezos or I don't know how to do that kind of stuff. I'm a talker. So instead of trying to get, you know, a million people paying, you know, $49 a month to be part of Love View, I work with only the most serious candidates who fill out an application and are willing to invest good money in making a commitment to me. So this I I, I made a choice to work with higher end clients as opposed to trying to help everyone on the planet. And that was also a pivot because part of you wants to be all things to all people and you can't, you can't please all people. You kind of just have to to stick with what's working best. And when I had more people coming to my website, when Google was my friend, I would have a million people a month coming to my website that number has gone down due to changes in Google algorithms. So I've had to pivot my business. So I think everybody on this planet needs to learn to roll with the punches because shit's gonna happen and you can't always control it. You can do your best to control your circumstances, but most most of life is not controlling the circumstances. It's controlling how you bounce back from the circumstances. What happens after you get cut? What happens after you get dumped, right? And I didn't even t- you know, talk about you know, my clinical depression and like, all the crazy stuff that, that I went through in my 20s when I was struggling as a screenwriter. I mean, my bottom was, was much lower than we're talking about right now. But if we all look back five years at a time, right? I don't know how old you are, I don't know if you talk about it, but if you look back five years, right? where were you then? Maybe seven years go back five years, seven years, where were you then? We all grow and change and evolve so much in those chunks of time to almost render ourselves unrecognizable. 20, 25-year-old Evan is nothing like 30-year-old Evan, nothing like 35-year-old Evan, 48, 48 now. And so hopefully everybody who's listening to you realizes that we have the capacity to evolve, do better. And we can't always perfect things, but we could strive to
0: and that it all passes. Whatever you're going through, it passes. We get through it.
1: Usually, usually, not always. Some people get stuck.
0: Yeah, but generally, generally it passes.
1: Pain tends to fade, regret does not. Someone taught me that and I like to pass that on. Someone dies, my dad died when I was 26, that was brutal. A year later, my life was back to normal-ish. Right but regret clients who came to me because their husbands left them when they were 30 and they didn't date for 30 years there's there's no there's no coming back from that easily
0: right right that's true and there's certain sadnesses that you always have I mean
1: no but it's how you let them like there's a choice you could you could let you could let the terrorists win you could get hurt by one bad guy and give up on ever letting anybody in that's that's, that's the thing. But, but there's, but when you look back at age 60, what did I do with my life? Was this, was this the plan? If I could wave a magic wand, is this the plan was to not have any love in my life for 30 years? Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's nobody's plan. That's someone's, that's someone's defense mechanism.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So that's what I meant that, I mean, I've talked to some amazing amazing people who I've interviewed for my book when I interviewed a person a week for 52 weeks and the messages were always I mean some of the elders that I talked to have lived through incredible tragedies and they get through it the messages were love wins always and community it was the people that were the most vibrant had some community that they were a part of they didn't strive for perfection some of the incredible stories were when the 82-year-old that's out playing tennis, She, if she got a good shot, she didn't have to win. She was just like, hey, I got a good shot and just like enjoyed everything and was just happy. I actually love your JV basketball story. That is amazing. Most kids that get cut, they're done. But then to sit there and watch and then make the team, is, is no, just- it's again it's
1: it's a stupid story i was a 14 year old boy it has nothing to do with the rest of my life as but a- it's ex- it's exactly what i'm trying to give my kids right now
0: yes it has when they, they, they again
1: i don't know if that's something that can be taught or whether it's just something you're born with but but whether you see failure as an opportunity to learn and try harder or failure as this is the end of the story
0: no i mean that has everything to do with life i mean to actually I mean, most kids slink away, don't want anyone to know they were cut, and that's the end of it, to sit there and then to keep going and persevere and try and make the team. I I have a kid who he's now my youngest is a senior in high school. So, I mean, it's huge. I I don't know. I think it's a good analogy for life.
1: Uh, I mean, yeah, I I, I don't know if I've ever brought that up anywhere before. It just, it sort of seemed relevant because I was telling my daughter about that last night. I don't know what the circumstances were, but Yeah. uh, You know, I think, I think kids want to be good at stuff. And when they're not good at stuff, uh, the easier thing to do is quit. And if you really want something, if you don't care, that's one thing. And like, if you don't play piano and you hate playing piano, well, there's no reason to persevere and keep on going. But if there's something you love, you, you push, you push that. And for me, like falling in love, getting married, starting a family, or just, I didn't, I don't know what, I I couldn't imagine what my life would be like if I had quit in me. I just like, it's why it's so easy to do this job is that the worst case scenario never occurs to me. That one should quit, that all men are bad, that dating is futile, that nobody's ever happy. It just, it doesn't occur to me because I pushed and pushed and pushed and turned it into a career and help other people and see results every day. So how could I think the worst case scenario for anybody?
0: Right. Whenever you're coming from a place of service and helping others, I just think it's always good. So are you going to do a Ted talk on uh, failure? <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I don't, I, I got invited to do that one. I haven't been invited since. I don't know what that says. The first one was on, uh, uh it was called no more bad dates. And it was about uh, online dating and how we filter guys from the dating site to email, to the phone, and try to avoid texting and instant gratification. that one but i I, i've definitely got a i definitely have i definitely have a couple ideas but i know again no one's inviting me so i'm not uh i'm not i'm not holding my breath uh for that i just i feel very strongly about the topic of i guess failure just the idea that things are always going to happen to you you some of them will be tragic and you could be you could be sad you could be scared you just can't let those emotions win. It's the Mark Twain quote, uh, quote uh, courage isn't the absence of fear, it's acting in spite of it. So everybody gets uh, afraid, just, you know, some people let fear win and they, they aim their life here, right? I'm afraid of going out on my own as a lawyer, so I'm just gonna stay as a paralegal at this company. And, and it's fine, I'll make other people rich, but I'll, but it's fine, it's a job. And someone's like, "I could do that. I'm just gonna aim higher."
0: Yeah, I know. There were people that after after I already I started my practice, I everything mean, they said, "Weren't you afraid of this?" I said, "No." "Weren't you afraid of this?" And and what about this? And I thought, "And if I was afraid of all those things, I never would have started my practice." No, I just started. Like, of course. And twenty some years later, here I am. And, yeah. I, and And anyway, it's just no. You just do it
1: but other people are afraid of doing that that's that's the point is th- this this undercurrent uh, dictates how people live their entire lives this isn't just about dating and relationships this is about how people communicate right this is about how we talk to our family and our friends and our coworkers this is our belief that we're worthy of greatness and are going to aim for it or whether we're always going to be guided by this low level of fear and insecurity and whether that's going to be the predominant emotion in our life.
0: No, you just walk through those. You, mm-hmm. you feel them and you just walk through them and keep going. That's right. Um, okay, so one of the questions that somebody absolutely wanted to know is, what are one or two of the most unique or craziest stories in your work that you've heard or you've experienced?
1: That's a that's a loaded...
0: <laughs> no no names, but they wanted... <laughs>
1: well, no, man, I'm, that's not a you know, question. And it's just... Yeah. It's like a journalist kind of question. What are like the three best pieces of dating advice? I don't know. I got like 17 years of it. I can't tell you the three best. I mean, so is this a story about a client, a story about me? Is it a good story? Is it a bad story? I mean, I I really I have so many that I don't know what to tell you. I'm not as shy about telling you, but help me narrow it down, Lauren, so I can tell you what you want to hear.
0: I have no idea. That's if is I know
1: I want to deliver but there's good stories. There's bad stories. There's personal stories. There's client stories. Help me narrow that down. I'll come up with something great for you.
0: Let's do a client story.
1: I took a 41 year old woman who was in a wheelchair poster posted her dating profile online, called her hell on wheels. And she had a baby 18 months later.
0: Oh, I love that story.
1: And then her, Older sister, after I worked with her, came to me. 50 never married, and I helped her get married and have her 80-year-old parents walk her down the aisle. So I helped sisters who were both challenging cases. That's one of my favorite stories.
0: That's a great story. That's a heartwarming story. I like that story. Thank you.
1: Sure. And I and again, I could tell you god-awful, you know, ridiculous stories. I even had I don't know if it's on my website anymore. I did a contest, a bad date contest where people would, would, uh, you know, I got over 200 entries, people telling me about their worst dates ever. Yeah, no. And uh, I'll just say that we had a top 10 and there was one story that wasn't even eligible for the top 10 because three people submitted the same exact story about a man who just ejaculated on them while they were just sort of standing in, in like the lobby of his house.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. yeah. Like like
1: the, that happened to, to three people. So I was like, it's guess it's not an original story to be a worst date. So there's some crazy, crazy things that go on <laughs> and it's understand, just putting it all in its place that not everybody who goes online meets their soulmate in, in the first 30 days they're on match. And most guys are not the world's worst perv. There's a big broad spectrum in between those things.
0: Yeah, go figure. <laughs> Do you see relationships different during COVID?
1: Do I see relationships different? I,
0: I mean, Are people, are you doing uh, your online program or is everything happening differently during COVID?
1: With- Everything's happening slower I and mean, people are still dating. They're just being more cautious. I think we're having more Zoom, FaceTime conversations as first dates I think I think it's again no one would wish for this to happen but the silver lining is that the the swipe right text what are you wearing now guys are kind of out of business <laughs> they can't do they can't act the way they used to they could try it's not going to get very far but they could try but it's forced people to slow down and do the kind of thing I was talking about in that TED talk is to make a connection on the dating site and to spend some time talking and figure out if it's even worth it to get together for a socially distanced date or a walk, right? So if a big part of successful courtship is in learning to slow down a little bit instead of moving too fast and hopping into bed with a stranger and keeping your fingers crossed, COVID's done a decent job of, of providing an external force that's getting us to slow down a bit uh, is it too slow? Probably. It's not ideal. But I've seen plenty of people, you know, date successfully, date frequently, fall in love. I mean, there's plenty of action going on right now. People are just cautious.
0: I know that you've spoken about how your wife is really great giving you your bro time, time with your, gu- your guys. What are you doing now during COVID?
1: Let's, let's revise that statement okay. a little bit. I barely have any bros at this point. I am married, two kids, uh, work from home. Uh, I'm not a golfer, I'm not a poker player. I miss having close guy friends. The truth is, I give her a lot of mom time. She's got her book club. She's the treasurer of the school and the PTA. She's like the mayor of our town. And so between the two of us i'm the one who gives her the wide berth to go out and do whatever she wants uh, i'm mostly at home all the time
0: oh that's great
1: and not for me but but it's it's pretty great for her
0: yeah so you're not taking off with the guys very often and you can't right now anyway so
1: i, I again I, I i think that it's it's worth talking about on this conversation just briefly. There is a middle-aged man loneliness epidemic that needs to be mentioned. Men do not have each other in the way that women have each other. There aren't communities of men. If you're lucky, you have a group of friends that's stuck together from high school or college and you still, you know, have a text chain or hang out once a year. But most people don't have that. So women, you know, get divorced and they have this, you know, Posse of friends who lift them up, and they go to women's only events. and Guys have nothing, and um, understanding that, understanding that about single men and married men, I think goes a long way. Maybe not, you know, putting up with you know the world's worst behavior from men, but understanding why do guys act the way they do? Why would a guy go on one date with me and like instantly want to marry me? You know how lonely he is. You know the last time someone said something nice to him, who listened to him who touched him. He doesn't get that at work. He didn't get that from his family. He doesn't get that from his guy friends. I one ever compliments men. So just, just understanding that, you know, men and women might be 90% the same, but there's 10% that is a pretty big divide and men should understand women better and they're pretty poor at it. Part of my job is helping women understand the reality of being a man better.
0: Yeah, no, that's a really good point, and it's very true. Again, community is so important, and I don't know—I don't know the solution for that for men, and men do not join PTA and things like that. So I—I I don't know. Um, we
1: we we work to support our families, right? And sometimes our ex-wives and kids who we get to see a small percentage of the time, and that's it. That's what we do. Every woman I talk to, she's all these high, oh, like, you know, I got, I've got, i got three dogs and I I do black diamond skiing and I, you know, I, I'm like a DIY crafts person. I just, guys just don't do all this stuff. So I don't know. I'm, it's, I'm not saying it's good or bad or otherwise. I'm just observing what I think everybody here could observe. There's guys, uh, if they don't have a partner, are Going to be starved for attention, affection, validation in a way that's um, hard for a lot of women to fathom. And however, lonely you are, you have your girlfriend to tell you that you're beautiful and that you're wonderful. I have a bunch of guys on my fantasy football text chain telling me I'm, I'm an asshole because that's what guys do.
0: That's absolutely true. But I have to say, I had full custody of both of my kids and I worked full time. So I didn't,
1: st- I didn't say being a single mom is I mean it's the hardest job in the world we're, Sing- we're, t- we're talking about different things
0: yeah we are I know we are but I uh, let me finish I also had my girlfriend telling me how fabulous I was and how incredible the thing is for women I, I had a hard time then taking it in I was like oh it was lip service and you know women but it is true what spawned all of this was a friend of mine who committed suicide um, and he had there were a thousand people at his funeral and I, it was somebody so fabulous and I thought it was somebody that just completely whenever we'd see him he lit us up inside and I, I didn't understand that he had mental you know that there were mental problems or anything else all I knew was this, this was somebody fabulous I just I was so shocked but men absolutely need community they need their there's yeah and Believe me, my fiance, my son, like they're in their fantasy football. Like I'm always piping in, what how can you pick that team and everything else? But yeah, I know, I know what the guys, the dudes say to each other, and there's 60 people, and I see all of it. There's no support of, oh, I'm sorry you guys didn't do well this week. <laughs> there's none of that. We we definitely lift each other up in, in everything. So when I started wanting to do this, everyone's like, that's so great. I, I can't imagine if I was a guy. I have no idea.
1: <laughs> I, I, I All I can remember, and this is a tangent, but the first time I went to write a book about online dating, 2003, why? I told my sister I was writing a book and her answer to me was, why don't anybody read a book by you?
0: <laughs> Actually, that's what I probably, my brother and I, I told my brother, I said, hey, I want to interview you. He's like, what? What? No. you like, okay my brother's in the financial world or something. I go, I don't know anything about money, I, which is clearly like, I, I mean, I, I don't want to talk about that. Mom would love that. Like my our mom passed away years ago. I'm like, no, I don't want to talk about that. Like all we do is make fun and banter and everything else. It's like, he's like, no, he won't get on this. So I, I'm just going to give him shit on every podcast now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, and he wrote a book a while ago. I was like, same thing. Like, nobody's going to read that. Which.
1: So um, it's one of the things I like about being a coach for women. They are more supportive of each other. I could put two women in a Zoom call, put them in a breakout room for 10 minutes, ask them to share a small win from their love life and a positive affirmation and stick around at the end of our group call for happy hour drinks. And we have people who make lifelong friendships and love you. They came here for the man, but they end up making friends because this worlds almost demands it of us and guys are so afraid of being vulnerable or reaching out that they'll they'll go to the grave lonely it's terrible i'm
0: hoping the younger generations aren't like that i don't know
1: i don't know what uh people who grew up on pure digital will be like if they think that texting is like having a relationship i think there's too many people who think that texting is a relationship and it's not
0: no No, it's, that. that's the other message that I got was put your phone down. Um, When I interviewed everyone besides community, put your phone down. It's Mm. all about human connection.
1: Sure. Yeah, there's enough anecdotal evidence and social science that that points that out. So,
0: Is there any message of hope that you would like to give to anybody who's listening that you haven't already mentioned?
1: If you've made it this far to, to listen to, uh, to what Lauren and I have to say is that uh, hope is the most important thing in the world. I literally have this on my desk. Uh, if you don't, know, I almost—almost almost my daughter's middle name is Hope, and that's how that's how important hope is. It's what wakes you up in the morning with the chance to have a better day, to strive for more, whatever more means to you, to advance your intelligence, uh, your reach in the world, your relationships with the people you care about the most, uh, your health, there's always the potential to do better than you're doing today. The flip side of that is if you're like me, it's being called a maximizer, you're never really satisfied. There's always a sort of low level dissatisfaction because you're always striving for more. So, and that's the cost of wanting to do great things. On the other hand, If the alternative is you feel stuck and sad, lonely, not self-expressed, not leading the life that you want, that to some degree is within your control. No one will hand it to you. And so if you want more, there are people, Lauren's interviewing them, whose mission on this earth is to help people achieve their wildest dreams. And I'm very, very... Uh, proud of the work that we do for women all over the world and helping them achieve their dream of having lasting love. And again, we've gone this whole conversation without even talking about you and your story and our coaching, which I guess is an intentional thing. So
0: I was going to end with that. I was going to end with the fact that I can absolutely vouch for the fact that everything that Evan told me to do worked. And anytime I would stray and do what I wanted, I, I, I got exactly what, you know, I, it didn't work, but, you know, I'll kind of leave it at that. And I would never be in the relationship I'm in today. If it wasn't for Evan, I will 100%. I always give you credit, no matter where I am, I'll I'll meet somebody and I'll be like, oh no, Evan Marquette. you're, you're, you always have three names and the world is so small because I was at something with some friends and I said something I go oh no you need to you need to talk to Evan Mark Katz and these people turn around they go our Evan <laughs> and it was something it, it's one of Evan's best friends and like they're at each other's weddings and and everything And it, it's just the world is very small so there you go uh I give you full credit for my relationship and um,
1: I, I take no credit for it. You're the one who came to me. You're the one who incorporated some of these ideas into the way you live your life and how you chose your partner and the trusting your feelings about how he treats you. And advice without execution is worthless. So take credit for what you did to create the life that you wanted, Lauren.
0: Absolutely. I absolutely would not have known how to do online dating I had never done it in my life that's for sure and uh you taught me how and I listened to you so there you go
1: (laughs) well I'm proud of you
0: yeah and I'm happy so uh with a great guy who's perfect for me so and he treats me great so there you go and he's happy
1: that's what it's all about
0: We've both been working from home and we're still together. So I think that. I think
1: COVID is either going to bring you closer together or there's going to be a big divorce boom in 2021.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, My best friend says, if you've made it this far, boy, you guys are it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. quite a growth. (laughs) So anyway, it's been so fun talking to you for 52 weeks of hope. Thank you so much, Evan, for being our guest.
1: I appreciate you having me. I'm really happy for you.
0: I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you Evan's messages of perseverance, compassion, and of course, love into the week ahead. Evan definitely described perseverance in this episode and personified it with the basketball story. Take into the week ahead that failure is not an option. It's an opportunity to learn and grow. So many ways to pivot during this time. And when we hit one wall, remember, just turn right it's not a stop sign. Perseverance, compassion, and of course, love are messages. Be sure to shine a lot of love wherever you are. Tune in next week when visionary branding strategist Tiffany Newman joins us. Tiffany helps highly motivated entrepreneurs and influencers uplevel their business. She's incredible as she works with clients across the globe to help them up their sales and shine even brighter in every area. And she's here next week to tell you all the secrets of how to do just that with everything in your life too. She's amazing. Have a great week and tell your friends about this podcast. If you're on Clubhouse, let me know. I'm hosting some rooms on Clubpod. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave us a positive review, and send us feedback on our website, 52weeksofhope.com. I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening.